0: Welcome, everybody, to the Signs of Success podcast. I believe this is episode seven. We are back. We are back. We are back after a little bit of a hiatus, a uh, coronavirus hiatus. Although I think our hiatus started before that. But we'll just call it coronavirus hiatus. But we're back. And what are we going to talk about today, Brett? I think we ought to talk about something
1: positive. Yeah, that's a good idea. What? what do you have in mind? I think it's a great time to be alive. Great time to be in business, uh, an even better time to be in the sign business. And I, I mean, I've, obviously there are some things going on that are heavy. I don't want to diminish that in any way. and I certainly would never want anyone to suffer. Let's just preface all this with that. Of course. And then look at the silver lining. Okay.
0: That sounds like a good idea. What? Um, so what positives have you seen coming out of this? We all know. You know this kind of blindsided everybody and you know especially the economy i mean that was sort of the last thing that people i think were thinking about in the beginning because people were getting sick and you know and it was for certain people it was very deadly so i think people's first thoughts were obviously health Mm -hmm. you know and, and let's stay home and let's cure this thing but you know as time goes on you start to realize okay we're not making money here. We're not... How are we going to pay our bills? So, I think now, as things progress, you know, that's become a more prominent topic. Right. Yeah, everybody
1: wants to come out of it.
0: Yeah, so, um, what do you think? So, so talking about that, you know, especially impact on the economy and, you know, our businesses specifically and everyone's businesses, um, what would you say you know, could be some positives looking
1: forward. Well, I think the word essential has been thrown around a lot in very controversial ways as uh, the governments in different states have tried to try to dictate what types of businesses are essential and which types aren't. And of course, everybody that's considered non-essential is going, you're crazy. This is totally essential. It's my livelihood. Right. And, and, you know, it's been a very lively, passionate debate. But It's made me think as I look at businesses that we are able to go to, whether that's the home improvement, the Lowe's, the Home Depot, restaurants that are now doing takeout, everything that's considered essential, even they are all operating differently. And so I feel like a lot of stuff is getting through the strainer and there's some stuff left on, you know, that hasn't strained through. In other words, like it's making us as business people look at what's essential to our own business not whether or not we're essential to the economy Uh, that's a different debate but what's essential to our own business
0: does that make sense yeah that makes sense i mean honestly what the government deemed essential is subjective to you know they have their reasons um but i see what you're saying you're saying take a look at turn it on yourself take a look at what things are essential in our own businesses what maybe products are essential, what processes are essential, what, you know, procedures are essential. Is that what you're yeah. getting
1: at? Yeah. Yeah. I've eaten at a couple of restaurants in the last few days. One was a sit down inside Denny's. Oh, yeah, dear. I know. But they're open. This was in Redlands, California. And...
0: What's the date today? Just so people understand. This is in February. 7th. No, <laughs> no. This is
1: May, May 30 28th. 29th or 28th. Yeah. And they are allowed to be open with precautions with guidelines so yeah we went right in there were only people at one other table Mm -hmm. and uh everybody that works there had their masks on yeah so talk a little bit about that like what was different in that restaurant well what i noticed right away is the challenge i mean how can a restaurant a sit-down restaurant with lots of space and uh, capacity make it on a maximum of 25 percent capacity let alone two people in the restaurant now since they didn't have good signage i don't think anybody really knew they were open but we were looking and, and my buddy wanted to go there so they obviously came up with a special menu not their big 20 page colorful menu it was like a flyer and uh, it had what i think they probably said their essentials this is our essentials what's most common or most profitable uh, easy to make during the hours that we're allowed to be open get it out quick i don't know what their criteria was but they had this one page flyer might have been two sided i forget white paper black ink and i noticed the waitress when she took it from our table after we ordered she crumpled them up and threw them in the trash can yeah she i think
0: that's part of it disposable
1: menus yeah it's on the the governor's criterion for opening up. Yeah. Um, my friend that was with Ed Parker when we ate there, and he, he just gave her a $20 tip just because it's like, this poor girl hasn't gotten to work, and who knows how long now she's got no customers, you know? Right. So um, that was one thing. It made me realize wow, they're trying to figure out what's essential for them, what hours are essential. They're not open 24 hours like most Danny's, just using them as our case study here. Uh, what employees? Somebody had to decide who's coming to work and who's not, who's essential. Uh, the menu items, the suppliers, I'm sure that they've gone through a lot as they've strained out what was non-essential to settle on what is essential. And I think that's really healthy for us. I mean, to do that, I think we've done that in our personal lives, too can't go anywhere, so we start to look at our life. I think people are breaking habits. Um, Yeah, I
0: I haven't had a Red Bull since we started this whole... No kidding. Wow. You know, I used to drink one at least one every day. Yeah. I literally stopped, finally stopped. But part of what I've noticed with us, just our family, is how little money we really need to spend. I noticed that too. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, obviously my... My business been affected by it, but that the fact that we've scaled back so much, just on, ga- on gas alone,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think I've filled my gas tank up maybe once this whole time.
2: Oh yeah, and it was
0: I got for I think maybe for one day I found this gas station was two twenty nine, and then the next time I went it was like two fifty nine. Wow, but which, as a side note, I, I and I don't know the gas prices, but I find it funny. Like you'll see a gas station changing the price, going up like during the day, by the minute. The cha- the price goes up. Really, they're out there changing the price. You yeah. know what I mean when yeah. it's going up. But when I found this gas station was two twenty nine, all the other gas stations around me were two seventy nine, and they came down a couple weeks later two fifty nine. They didn't go down as quickly as they went up because mm-hmm. we had that uh, issue with oil, and oil bottomed out so the prices were low I mean, demand wasn't there I just found it a little bit funny like, ah, oh, they raised the prices so
1: quick, they are not going down as quick you know? <laughs> yeah, gas prices have always been a mystery I don't know how you can go across state lines and go further from the coast for example, go inland from California to Arizona and watch prices drop a dollar a gallon i mean there's more transportation costs well not now because now we're self-sufficient when it comes to petroleum from what i yeah. understand but i mean i've never understood the gas price yeah a but, lot of it has
0: to do with taxes and things like that yeah I know, i'm not an expert in it either but i back to what i was saying is that's a major that's a major thing
2: you mm-hmm.
0: know i haven't spent money on gas we haven't we haven't spent any money going out to eat you yeah. know we've ordered a few Take out things, but I realized that we ate out a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not fancy restaurants, but just with the family, pizza right. place, you know, chicken place, whatever. So that's cut down quite a bit. So that that's a big thing. Just seeing that, you know, it, it sort of forced us to examine how much money we actually need to spend. Right. You know, of course, as things open up, we're going to spend more money. We're not just going to be stuck at home, but. It doesn't have, I don't think it has to be what we thought it was, you know. Completely and I completely agree, yeah. And that, and I think that also applies to your business too. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Um, and you know, you were talking about the restaurant, and I'm no expert in restaurants either, so I know there's food costs, there's all these things, but think about the businesses that have razor thin margins as it is, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that's definitely going to have to be rebuilt. you know, because. If you're in a restaurant and let's say your profit margin is, I imagine it's not, you know, high. I imagine they run off of, you know, maybe, maybe 25% is their profit margin and that's at full capacity. Mm -hmm. So like you're saying, how do you, if you can only take in a quarter of the capacity, how is that going to run? Yeah, you may not
1: hit profit until you're at 80% of capacity you know, and your fixed costs are all covered and now you've got your, so it's, it's fascinating to see. I really am enjoying that part of what we're going through, looking at businesses, companies, organizations, and personal, like what's really essential. Talk about getting lean and mean and figuring out how much fluff there really is. I mean, it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And I think things like that happen in every kind of economic downturn, right? You have to Examine, and then, and that's what happens when you talk about people losing their jobs. Because a lot of times, when there's tough economic time, you realize, oh, okay, we can probably do this with a few less people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's unfortunate people losing their jobs, but from a business owner standpoint, it's always something where if you can, you know, trim the fat, and it's usually you're forced to. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you know. Typically, everyone looks at every month. How can we train more of that, you know? Yeah. So you're usually forced into it, and then you realize, oh, okay, we can do things more efficiently.
1: Yeah, I think also you start to look from another perspective. Uh, for example, shipping times. I was looking for a tent yesterday, a semi-permanent outdoor structure that can be used for storage, meetings, whatever. And we found one be 90 days and for shopping sure, no to that they, they're not stocking them now oh, they're okay. only manufacturing per order rather than and i said do you have any dealers around the country that might have any of this particular tent and this is about a twelve thousand dollar item okay. and uh they said no no we don't um you know we're really just manufacturing to order right now because it's an expensive item to keep on the shelf and that kind of thing i said but not even one anywhere No, that won't work, but it's going to help them to determine how important is our lead times because we kept looking, we kept digging and we found another product, maybe not quite as good, but we can get it in a week or two and ended up being a military surplus company that has modular, but it forced us to dig a little deeper than we ever would have. I had three or four people going, searching for a certain type of structure and uh, we found something. And they're going to get the order for about half the price. It's a lot smaller, but still sufficient for what we need. But a big reason why we're going to go that route is the timing. Right. And so companies are going to start to, I think, be able to determine the value of shipping time or... Terms, one company offered terms, they offered a a real simple financing kind of a thing, and other ones were cash only, and good reasons behind all of it, but I think it's going to give business owners and managers that are paying attention a lot more insight, because really not too many people are being frivolous right now, so we're making decisions carefully as consumers, B2B or B2C, we're making decisions carefully. And based on what are important for us, you know what I mean? What's essential for us right right now as a consumer. And so I think that businesses should really pay attention to the decisions that their customers are making because it will serve them in the long run. They'll start to have a different perspective about how important is convenience or how important is low cost or, or whatever it is that's motivating buyers right now.
0: Yeah, that that's definitely good insight. And we were talking earlier about the specifically the print print industry and how, you know, this essential sort of examining the, the essential part of it, you know, can of is going to apply, I think, in a big way to the print industry and just being able to what we talked a little bit about having the ability to help other businesses um, with, you know, as they start to uh, get things going and get back into the swing of things, that they're going to need to get the word out, like you were saying at that restaurant that you were at, you know, maybe everyone didn't know. There's going to be a lot of changes. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to convey that, you know, is going to be an important thing. And that's going to that's require a lot of, you know, a lot of print lot of uh, a lot of communication
1: yeah i don't think there's ever been a better time to be in the sign and digital print business than there is now i just don't i mean it's been tough for a few months i know many companies unfortunately aren't even around and others have been hanging on and uh 80 90 percent decrease for a couple months hurts bad but Things are about to change and those that are staying in it, those that are able to weather the storm, they're going to have so much opportunity because the, you know how the vacuum, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, right? So nature rushes to fill whatever vacuum there is. So the void that's being created right now will be filled. It's going to be filled by other new companies that are popping up. Or by companies that stuck with it or are expanding and they have to speak to the public they have to and it's not all about the internet even though we love the internet and it's right. amazing and all that. when it comes to signage, it's visual visual communications to people that are in proximity that are not on their computer, out of home advertising and all the stuff that we've been involved in for so many years. Yeah. The messages have to get out because visibility is what sells.
0: Yeah, and and there's no doubt that this um, pandemic is going to change the way that we do things in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just going to be, you know, okay, back to normal, let's go. I mean, hopefully, most of it will be back to normal, but there's just there's a few things that are going to change just by the nature of it, Um, and so. Just the, you know, as we go into transitioning into opening all these things up, like one of the things uh, one of my clients was asking me is to print these little twelve by twelve um, footprint uh, decals that go on the ground, the social distancing thing. Oh, like the floor graphics. Yeah, the little floor graphics to stand here, stand you know, get get the right distance. Those are you know, that's one thing that you probably would have never thought of before that is created by. This pandemic but there's going to be a lot of those type of things like yeah. you said in the restaurant things are different yeah. right they're printing these menus differently they're going to be people need to know what to expect so you're going to have to mm-hmm. you're going to have to convey that and, right. and a lot of that is going to be done through you know through printed printed items i know we i was talking to you earlier about i, I printed a lot of yard signs you know the, the misgraduations the whole country, you know, one of the ways that um, they've tried to make them make up for it a little bit is by having these yard signs for um, graduating seniors, you know, kids going into middle school, kids graduating middle school, right. all those things. And uh, there's been a flood of choroplast yard signs. Mm-hmm. I know even lead times have been like, okay, hold on now, where we used to be able to put these out in like 24 hours. it's like it might take a week because everybody's doing that you know and it and it was like that was a thing where maybe you have maybe you sell a thousand products Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but no one cares they want this product yeah and now it's it might take you a week to get it out and it's like oh man we need this product now you know so i think there's going to be a lot of things like that Mm -hmm. where you're going to see um you're going to see certain products that you're going to have to focus on and that and it goes back to what you're saying before like is our which things are essential which things are people going to are going to view as essential you know you might have to focus on certain products over others
1: yeah and it's forcing some businesses to innovate that might not necessarily be innovative but in under normal circumstances but Necessity is the mother of invention. They need to keep keep going. And, and back to the food industry for a minute too, that I can speak to. I think on one of our podcasts previously, we might have talked about Rustico in Temecula, where the truck went flying through the building, and we put up a sign. Do you remember that, or was that? I'm not sure if we talked about it, but obviously I remember it. Yeah. Well, if we didn't, we should at some point. But we have a friend that owns a, a nice Italian restaurant in Temecula, California, called Rustico, and they're a sit down restaurant.
0: Take Great out. restaurant.
1: Yeah, definitely. Takeout's not their thing, though. And they're mm-hmm. on a busy corner. and uh, So busy that a truck drove through the building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At one point. Yep. So, More than once, right? <laughs> yes, it's the okay. weirdest thing. It's happened a couple of times. They had a third incident. Anyway, what Francesco did when this happened is uh, we talked. He said, what are we going to do? we got to talk to the people. I said, okay. So we put up. Big giant banner on the side of the building said, "Phone appétit. Call now. We're open. 12 to 8. And they're not normally 12 to 8. But these are shortened hours. And it said curbside and takeout. And then he set up his whole parking lot with little stations where you could pull in. And it said, step one, place your order. Step two, park your car. Step three, call us. Tell us what space you're in and step four, we bring you your food. Yeah, and that's really important,
0: honestly, because I, I, went, I ordered something from a store that was supposed to be pickup. It was, um, I believe it was like, I won't say the name, it doesn't matter. It was a big store, but it was supposed to be pickup. And I went there and I parked in the pickup spot. And I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Because I had gone to another store and they had people out there. They had people out there, okay, what's your order? Okay, great. They called it inside. They brought out the order, and that went really smoothly. So I didn't really know what to expect at this store, and I probably sat there for about seven minutes waiting. What do I do? Because it didn't give me any instruction on the order. It just said when it was going to be ready. And I said, okay, then there's probably people there, like my previous experience at the other store, but nobody was there. Mm-hmm. So I sat in my car for like seven minutes, before I got out and went to talk to somebody, and I was like, "What's the point of this?" I thought the whole point of picking this up was so we didn't have to go in, talk to somebody, and all this. So
1: having those instructions and having those things are key because I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really well done. Uh, he helped, you know, it was a team effort, not just me, but we. So we had that big giant sign up on the uh, when people would see it at the intersection if they were stopped. One more thing, yeah sorry to interrupt, but
0: the way this restaurant is positioned, the back of the restaurant is actually the the busy, facing the street. The facing right. so the entrance was actually in like a plaza type um, uh, parking lot. Right. But the back is the is what was facing the main The main street. So that, yeah. Yeah, they had to to
1: take a turn almost down a side street to get to a driveway to take a right and a left to get there. So it was a little bit tricky to get in. So once they got in, they they connected the dots from that intersection. Not just the big giant 9x20 banner, but then the yard signs or the bootleg signs, whatever you want to call them. We're open. Call now. Here's the number. Here's our hours. Just simple little old school drive-by. Disposable signs they pulled in parking lot and there's a directional an arrow and then when you turn There's another banner pretty big said curbside instructions right here with an arrow and then each little each little uh, parking space there were eight had Instructions so that when you pull in it's right in front of your windshield And you know and they would when you call in they say they'll bring out the food in front of each parking space that a little table and that's where the server would come and set the food. So they didn't have to come to the window. They set the food. They had already taken payment by phone. They yes. changed their operation, but they adapted quick. And they may, I don't know. I haven't talked to them for a little while, but I'm, I have a pretty good feeling that takeout's going to be a big part of their business going forward, which will help them a lot because when they're busy, which is weekends all the time, yeah. They don't have more capacity. I mean, he did just expand, so he's got another room because they needed more capacity. But if they fill up those two main rooms of the restaurant, again, they're full. So they're either going to have a line or a wait, or people are in the habit now, a lot of them, of ordering takeout from a restaurant that never did takeout. So yeah. that's a great example. And then Panera Bread Company, you know, we've been involved with helping to put graphics on their trucks and yeah. things. They just executed. A ha- I happen to know, and it's not really private, but we bid on it to uh, a job to do outdoor signage, kind of like what we just described, at a thousand restaurants nationwide, and they're just simple core plus signs. Some on the light poles, some in the ground, a couple banners, so that you can't go by there and, and guess whether they're open. It's absolutely clear, right?
0: And instructing what to do. Um You know, you mentioned about taking payment over the phone. That was part of the process at Rustico. And it just made me remember that that's such a a small detail that you might not even, okay, they can come and pay or they can pay over the phone. That's fine. But one of the things that happened to me on Mother's Day, I ordered a special meal for my wife and a couple days before, and I went to pick it up. And the same thing. I, I looked, I scoured the email and I was, I was like, all that said was, it should be ready about this time. But it didn't have any instructions. So I went there and I parked and there were so many cars there. Everybody had the same idea. And there were two people running around back and forth, just handing the orders, you know, handing everyone their orders. But what I noticed was, and I waited a long time, I waited like a half hour from when they said it would be ready. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching and observing, and what I noticed was they they only had two people working, so it wasn't that efficient, anyways. But I don't know what their situation was, so I wasn't judging that. But I noticed that they were taking orders to cars, and then they were coming back with the bill, and then going back in and processing it, and then coming back out and having them sign it, and going back in before they can get the next order. It was like it was like four ways back and forth which when you're waiting for a half hour in your car you're watching going what are they doing why would they do that because I paid over the phone which was an option but you didn't have to pay over the phone Mm -hmm. and I didn't think anything of it until that day when I realized like I felt bad for these two people because they were they were working their butts off it wasn't their problem it wasn't their fault but just having everyone pay over the phone would have saved them two steps on each trip Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of that Then pay over the phone. And I thought about it after, like, why would you, why would you allow anyone not to pay over the phone in that situation? I'm sure. Again, this is all new stuff. You know, it was a, it was a new situation, so maybe they didn't think it all through. But like you said, you know, when you were working with um, Rustico, that's a fine detail that you know probably without them knowing save them a lot of time, a lot of
1: effort, and their customers a lot of waiting time. Yeah, we started getting calls. He's texting me going, hey, I think you got you do some more business, you know, and I'm like, well, he's my friend. I did it for him because he's my friend. That's not really what we do. So yeah. I got calls from other nice seafood and steak restaurants in town because all the restaurant owners, they know each other. They, yeah. Most of them get along pretty well if they're not in direct competition. And so he had a few other people calling because they pulled in and they said, how would you do this? This is great, you know. And so yeah. it was an innovation. And there's also smart people when it comes to social media. They made sure that they had pictures of their restaurant on social media. You know, they, they tied it all together yeah. so that people who weren't driving by also got to see it as if they were. Right. And it's brilliant. And, and I think that they're going to be all the better for it. So we'll see. But it's forcing people... If you have that, I heard someone talking about an internal locus of control versus an external locus of control. And Donald Miller is one of the guys I listen to a lot. He's a business coach and he, the internal locus of control is kind of like, um, you think you have a lot of control over what's going on in your life and your destiny and your business. And people that have the external locus of control, they tend to lean more the other way, like, oh, it's the economy, it's another do." a little bit more leaning towards victim mentality, which is not yeah. healthy. But when you have the, the internal locus of control, the, the internal idea that, oh, we can, I can do a lot of things that can screw up my business in the next 30 days, a lot. Conversely, there are things I can do that will improve things if I would do them. And so to be able to isolate those, pick them out and, and keep thinking, keep thinking, keep, keep marveling at people that are doing things that are so creative and so innovative and they're going to be new industries born out of this new techniques, new technologies. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to be watching.
0: Yeah, I know. And that's one thing I think I've, I've read a lot talking about people, um, You know, obviously when something like this happens, political issues come into play, all these other things, you know, people want to lay blame, and it's just natural for that to happen. People's businesses are affected negatively for nothing that they did, for no, you know, they didn't make a mistake, or they didn't, you know, they didn't plan for this, or they didn't have enough money in the bank or all this, none of that was really at play here. This was, this was something that struck everybody, blindsided. So. I think when those things happen, yeah, you can go either way with that, you know, and it's like, I think the best thing to do oftentimes is you can either look and look at the things that were out of your control that caused it, and that's a legitimate feeling, sure, you know, when, when it wasn't a mistake of your own, but, or you can spend your energy and time looking at Things that can be changed and, like you said, maybe new innovations or a new way of doing things that can help your business and, you know, help the people around you. Um, like I was talking before we got on here, it's the opportunity for print shops to be able to help the businesses, especially the mom and pops around them in their communities, I think it's going to be huge, you know, because there's going to be so much that these businesses are going to have to do in terms of communication with their customers from signs to decals to menus to new rules to you know and and that's all going to even evolve even more so those things are going to change which means the you know the printing is going to have to be changed and but hopefully i mean if if you still got a fighting chance out there you know um there's a lot that i think we can do to to keep
2: moving forward you know
1: yeah i believe it's a great time to be in the signage and and digital print industry, promotions in general. Our, our economy is going to thrive again, and what's going to drive it is everything that drives the economy, that drives business, that drives future sales and promotion and things like that. So, you know, I'm really excited, and for anybody that's out there just wondering, just hang in there. Hang in there, figure out what's essential, <laughs> cut out what's not. Try some new stuff. Talk to your customers. I think that's a big one. If we have time, we can keep going? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if we can. This is a time to talk to to customers more, not less. Now, people may not be listening for whatever reason, but some are. So if you're an email marketing company or you you actually send out emails, let's say, to your Mm -hmm. clients and prospects,
2: keep sending them.
1: inspire your customers, help them out, give them some new tips. If you, uh, if it's just social media, I think keep pumping it out. Any type of communication right now is critical because people are paying attention and they're making decisions that are going to last a long time. I believe it's not just going to go back to being normal. It's going to go back to being altered in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've had a lot of time at home, you know, consuming content, especially on social media. And uh, I still receive a lot from companies. You know, I receive a lot. I, I've been watching a lot of what people are doing. You know, and when you're handcuffed, which is basically what we all were, it wasn't a matter of, um, except for, you know, a few businesses like you talked about, big box stores and so forth. It's just, we weren't allowed to do anything. So when you're handcuffed like that, you know, for me, like, you observe what's going on, you know, and you, yeah, you, you basically try to turn your efforts into helping other people, you know. I noticed, that bringing back up Rustico, I noticed that Francisco started doing videos, so cooking videos, and he's a great chef, you know, I don't think he's ever done that before. They started doing these, like, five-minute videos talking about recipes and cooking, things like that, which is all given back yeah you know so sometimes when you're when you're handcuffed like that all you can do is just give Mm -hmm. give you know so we're just at the beginning of of coming out of this thing so things are going to start picking up speed really fast um in the coming weeks and months so i think it's a good time to you know reset the mind to what's going to be coming forward we've kind of been stagnant for a while you know and obviously people have different levels where they're at because of their need and how essential their income has been and this, that, and the other. But I think having the right attitude and like you're talking about deeming what's essential, what's not, what faculty, all those things coming forward, it's just going to only get faster. So, you know, right. it's a great place to, to set your starting point right now, I think within your mind.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Let's wrap it up, but um, this is good to have this conversation, and obviously we want to keep having them as we're coming out of this and and try and talk about, you know, things that are going to create success in all of our lives.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. What's essential and what's not.
2: Yeah.
0: So, this is essential. I'm deeming this essential. I agree. From from here forward. We all need signs (laughs) of success in our life. Alright, thanks for listening everybody and keep an eye out for the next episode of the Signs of Success Podcast.
1: Bye, bye. Ciao.